Welcome to the Backyard Buddhist Podcast, where we continually seek everyday enlightenment for the benefit of ourselves and all other beings. I'm Ron Powell McLean, and I'm here with my good buddy, Danny Hobart. Today, we're talking about how we continually work at the practice of enlightened and awakened awareness, both on and off the cushion. Hey, Dan, how's your cushion? (laughs) My cushion is resting comfortably beneath me in the exact spot I put it in, doing the exact job I gave it. That is fantastic. Yep. Yeah. You know, I I, um, (laughs) have have been on the quest for a new chair for my desk. You know, a, a... raised cushion i will call it <laughs> because this one squeaks <laughs> and kind of wobbles and i've i've now purchased uh two different chairs from amazon only to uh get them put them together and realize they are too small for my butt <laughs> so i have to take them apart and send them back <laughs> they make this tool called a tape measure I know it's like analog and from the, you know, yesteryear. You know, that is a brilliant idea. And if you could get a hold of those folks at Amazon and tell them to put the dimensions of the seat on, (laughs) that would be so helpful. I'll tell you what, uh, hang on the line and I'll be right back with you, caller. (laughs) Hello, Amazon. I'd like to discuss with you your descriptions of chair seats. Long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) Oh, well, I enjoyed the levity today because it's been, as you know, Dan, it's been a weird week or so for me. Um, Well, a few months I've, you know, been dealing with, you know, an injury that I sustained while shopping um (laughs) which sounds really funny but it's um i actually ended up tearing a bicep tendon that where it attaches to my forearm and i'm now um going to have surgery on it to repair it and that interestingly enough has provided me with a huge opportunity for practice because I became quite um, nervous and agitated about the idea of doing surgery, which, you know, <laughs> it's just a thing, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grown adult and the idea of someone cutting into my arm um, kind of unseated me a bit. <laughs> So um, it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's provided me with an opportunity for a little enlightened introspection into how I think and what's actually going on um, in my experience. So you know, I've been practicing for a long time. I've been meditating for a long time and I've been practicing Buddhism, you know, not as long, but um, you think, oh yeah, I've got this. This is, you know, this is in my my uh, skill wheelhouse. set. Yep. <laughs> it's in my wheelhouse. 
and then you get a little news that makes you want to throw up or it actually did make me throw up but <laughs> but um it's you know it's interesting to have that sensation sort of wash over me at my point at this point in my practice that I felt very ungrounded and very unsettled and very uncomfortable. I thought, okay, well, as I advise others to do, look straight into it. <laughs> and what's there? What's causing me to feel this discomfort, this unsettledness, this unsatisfactoriness and you know I had a had a talk with myself I was literally walking <laughs> the other day and and talking out loud so for the people who passed me um, I'm social distancing so I wasn't too close but for those people who did see me talking to myself I was not on my phone <laughs> I was literally talking to myself and saying you know doing the process of identifying that there's an issue, identifying that there's a cause for that discomfort and issue, finding, looking for the relief of that, and then applying it. So it's, it's literally the, you know, the Buddha's Four Noble Truths in action. So in my discussion with myself on my walk, I asked what, you know, what is this discomfort about? What am I really uncomfortable with? And the, the answer that came so quickly was that my own physical attachment to, or my, my mental attachment to my physical self is really an underlying fear of sickness, old age, and death. Like it's, it's the textbook discomfort, which, I mean, hearing this, you, you're probably not going to be surprised because we intellectually understand and know that this is going to be a continual process that, discomfort is going to continue to arise but somewhere in my mind i think i thought i had landed somewhere that was a little safer and that i had the steering wheel <laughs> and the and the pedals it's a like several really big ideas that you're talking about really big and it, they don't seem like really big ones, but they are at least they are. To, I, I relate to them as being very big. Um, aside from the imagery of you staring at your own vomit in order to face your discomfort, <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's a couple of really awesome things in there. So one is, the attachment you have to your body or to its well-being and 
we had a great discussion on it uh, the other night, but it's a fascinating question, but it's really also in our teachings, right? Like it's, it's in front of us and we both learn it and know it and practice it to varying degrees at varying times, which you've just described. But this idea of the ultimate reality, which is sort of your, this, when you try to visualize it or conceptualize it, it can be like this big, vast mindscape of how much can you imagine? How much is the universe? How, what is beyond the universe? What is beyond infinite? And what literally beyond, like the contents of every, all the universe. All of it, like all of it, but it also never ends. So it's literally right. everythingness, right. oneness. And, on the flip side, you have your body, which is very much, I mean, that's where we get our re, our relative reality from, right? It's our senses. Yeah, it's our that's, body. It's the that's, physical that's body. Our body. That's right. Your touch, taste, smell, hearing, and eyes. Like that's And your, including the brain, so the thoughts and reactions, sure. everything that we're experiencing happens yep. through the relative form. Right, but that that relative form exists within the ultimate reality. So think about you know our body within the universe. Like right. even when it comes apart, it dies and it decays and does its thing. It's still in the universe. So all the pieces and parts that come apart are still part of the universe. So we don't. It's like we never really lose. It, right. I I gave the example the other night where you know I. I'll give you 15 minutes to get out of the universe. Go. Right. Yep. <laughs> so right. You're, you're not going. And even if Correct. I gave you 15 years, you're not getting out of the universe. You're yeah. in. You're in. You're part of the. What are part we? Of, part of the pool. Aren't we still in touch with Voyager, whatever number, three or two or one or whichever it was? And it's launched in the 70s or something and we're still like in radio contact up to like 10 years ago or something like right. it was it traveled literally at light whatever speed not light speed but space speed right for decades yeah. and still there like but and not that it's a linear edge of the existence either i don't mean it you know not like you could draw a line to the edge and then we're not we're not pulling a flat universe uh, theory here, right? No, um, you know, but th but that's the that's the interesting point, and that's the that's inside of that is another thing that you mentioned that's that's fascinating, which is your mind, which is this thing we have some control over, right? But it actually also is your physical body. It, it's an organ. It's it's an it, it runs things in the sense that many other parts of you run things as a part of your body. So uh, I find it fascinating, this discussion, this idea of can you separate from your body? Can you, can you reduce down to zero and completely detach your mind from your body? With your experience, especially as sort of a, a teaching guide as, a, as an example, uh, I started to understand that you absolutely cannot, and that's not the, that really was never the point. Right. It's, it's great to have this idea as a younger 
Buddhist practitioner that at some point I will reach enlightenment. I will be sitting cross-legged in the perfect position with the perfect amount of awareness and just simply sort of float out of my body and I will be in loveliness. And like you said, you feel like, Oh, you're in a safe place and it'll just last. Right. Right. Like all, all the discomfort's gone because guess what? You're not in your body. Right. Well, I mean, think about the, think about the process of that. So if we're, you know, if we're just putzing along, you know, in our, in our, our, physical body and doing our, our thing without, you know, an awareness practice, for instance. And we're just really only experiencing and only really conscious of that which our body encounters. So smells, tastes, you know, you know, physical assertion, physical exhaustion, hunger, you know, we're just in that that realm we're only focused there and then we start a spiritual practice that you know we start contemplating and are conscious of you know a bigger thing so now we've got these two things so this is you know this ultimate reality is kind of a new experience so when we start meditating and we start a stillness practice an awareness practice on top of that that we sit and we start to experience these these situations where we lose the body, where we we're not any you know not tied to the the pain in my back or that my foot fell asleep or the itch on my nose, and now I just feel like I'm infinitely expansive. You know, I'm everywhere and I'm nowhere at the same time. And what a great, great feeling. And then we think, that's it. That's the whole thing. I've got to keep going there. Well, now we've just flipped it the other direction. So instead of being aware of our bodies, we're only focused on getting to this ultimate floaty thing that seems so lovely and pain-free and discomfort-free. You know, our eyes are closed and we're, you know, imagining ourselves drifting on a cloud somewhere, you know, in, in a starscape and everything's lovely and I'm connected to everything. Well, reality is that both things are true. So if we're just focusing on one side of that, then we are limited. When we start to see that both of those things are happening simultaneously, then we start to have a real understanding that this relative form is inside of and a part of this ultimate reality this ultimate space, inseparably interconnected. So, you know, from a Zochen standpoint, we're talking about, you know, the idea of swooping and climbing. Yep. So simultaneously. So swooping means that we're, we have this 30,000 foot view of the landscape below us. And we realize that we're also on that path that we're looking at 30,000 feet below. I 
this has sparked in me. This is it's great timing for your for you to go through this, by the way. So thank you. And obviously, I've, I'm ready for it because I'm so open to the teaching in it, and I absolutely love it. I I am by nature, by by learned characteristics, by habit, whatever it is, I am a big picture, expansive. Uh, I I fell in love with Zochen for two reasons. One, it's you can we all are Buddhas and can have enlightenment. Number one, that's pretty crucial. And number two, we are all connected in this infinite ultimate way, the primordial nature of existence. I'm fascinated by that big concept. I'm fascinated that I don't fully understand that. Like I, it enthralls me, but I got to tell you sitting with myself on the floor and the thing I do more recently, uh, you know, staring at the carpet, um, I learned more about the big part doing the little part. Yeah. And that, that is not something that was in my expectation list, uh, <laughs> in the practice. Um, you know, the, the actual work of doing the thing, which is sitting and being aware, sitting with intention, this, this I'm learning from this I'm experiencing, uh, awareness. You know, that's that the practice gets you really the experience of the bigness. Right. Yeah. It's profound. You know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, and you know that I teach, you know, the, the access to that ultimate awareness is close to your skin. You know, that if you, you know, put your arms out to your sides and above your head and in front and in back of you, and you can sort of create, you know, this arm length dome around you like a snow globe. And if you can focus while you're practicing on things within that arm's reach, so not just your physical body and the itch on your toe or, you know, the pain in your back or your, you know, whatever, but the space around you that when you can start to perceive and understand those things that you can see, those things that you can feel, you can taste, you can touch, everything's right there. It could be your clothes, it could be your hair, it could be, you know, the air and the temperature of the air that we now become a little bit more aware of the things that are out of, you know, the past this, the skin level of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, this, this, this work, uh, that we do in the practice, practice, what was I thinking? (laughs) In the the practice, this work that we do in the practice, I was going to say necessary. It's, it's necessary uh, at some point in everybody's path to do it. It is absolutely, I mean, think of it. I mean, that's how Buddha got there himself, right? That's the story. 
he went and he put in the work. Right. Now he was under a tree and it's a special tree and it was forever. And he ate whatever raindrops fell in his mouth, whatever that, that, you know, how you live for seven years, not moving or I, you know, that is what it is. Allegedly. But, yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. We'll call it that. <laughs> right. Like, but, geography. but, but, but it, that's the example. Like literally, you know, go with Buddha's first speech. Well, folks, I just walked out of the woods and I've been there for a while and I sat still and paid attention and I gained some awareness and here's what it is. And guess what? You can do it too. Well, and, you know, remember though that, you know, it wasn't just the sitting still part. It was what came while he was sitting still. Right. So Mara, you know, the serpent like devils <laughs> for lack of a better word, um, who are, you know, are attacking him and, you know, bringing the, the negativity and evil. And he could transcend them by understanding their illusory nature. And then he reaches down and touches the ground to let the earth be the witness. So let the relative form be the witness that ultimately that was all an illusion. That's it's profound. It's profound. Yes. That's the yep. that's the tipping point right there. So it's not just when we can when we can really enjoy the quiet and the floatiness. It's really understanding when the shit hits the fan. That that's really ultimately an illusion. And I know that's you know, I say it a lot. Lama Suryadas says it a lot that in the ultimate sense, nothing matters. And in the relative sense, where we live, everything matters. And those are not separate. They're happening simultaneously at all times. Yeah, it's a big it's deal, but it's really not. Yeah, simple but hard. Take your pick. It's yeah, it's it's um yeah, that's a that's a beautiful thing for people to remember and put into their own practice. Picture, you know, anybody that's out there struggling with their practice or to get started, uh sit and meditate just on this picture. Sit and meditate as if you're Buddha. Picture that in your mind. Right. And whatever demons are attacking you, whatever your discomforts are whatever your obstacles are on your path. Uh, picture yourself being Buddha and, and fighting off the demons and being aware that they're illusory. You've made them up. Your perception of them is what you chose it to be. And let's remind everybody that when we're talking about, you know, this Buddha as a figure, that it's not a God, it's a living human being that is awakened. Buddha means awakened one. Yeah. yeah. And again, back to the beauty of Dzogchen, which is we are all Buddha. You are all, you are Buddha. We you are, are Buddha. all Buddha. You, you are, are Buddha. Primordial, primordially pristine, pure. 
like without great, great natural perfection, right? Great natural perfection. So, you know, we're talking about the Buddha and, you know, his first teaching. So this is, this is the, the teaching, the first teaching that he, that he gave is called the Four Noble Truths. I lovingly refer to it as lather, rinse, and repeat. So, and because this is the teaching that we need to remind ourselves of, and it's so simple, we identify first that there is an issue. So Houston, we, or I, have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Then we know that there is a cause. The second truth is that we know that there's a cause for that problem that, you know, maybe call it an illness. So there's something wrong. There's a cause for that illness. There's also a medicine for the discomfort of that illness. And that medicine is understanding the root cause and issue that we can find by examining whatever it is through the light of awareness. And what I mean by that specifically is just noodle in and see what, what is making me so uncomfortable. So for me, so I'm going to break it down to you with the surgery. Good. Good. So I want to give the example, that example, because um, you, you can get a, a sense of how I process. So I know that I'm feeling uncomfortable and unsettled around the thoughts of this upcoming surgery on my arm. I know intellectually that there is a cause for that discomfort. I also know intellectually that there is a relief for that discomfort. Fourth is that I can see and understand that there's an, that it's natural for me to experience fear and anxiety about my physical form and the safety of my physical form. One of my brain's functions is to scan for danger and express resistance to keep my body safe. So I can also understand that things are impermanent So not so much that, you know, my body, you know, trying to remind myself that I'm going to die and everything's going to fall apart. Not so much of that in this, in this example, but also including things like the duration of the discomfort of the surgery and recovery. So I can understand that even those things are impermanent. They are not a permanent um, case. They're not a permanent condition i can i will move past them and it won't be a thing it'll be something else but but this discomfort will fade so once i've settled in and relaxed those thoughts will also continue to arise so we haven't graduated when we've settled ourselves 
it will re-emerge and re-emerge with thoughts. So there, therefore, it is lather, rinse, and repeat, always reminding ourselves that there's an issue and there's a cause for that issue. And if we can put our finger on it, understand that, you know, it's just, it's really a, a fear that I'm having regarding this particular situation, and it can be anything, that I know that there's a solution, and the solution is my applied attention. Make sense? Absolutely. Uh, what do you think about this? This is, this is what came to mind uh, when you were going through that. Your body, which includes your brain, uh, has the idea or its natural instinct is that cutting your skin, digging into your body, digging into your arm is not ideal. And there's some, some natural aversion to tampering with your body. Right. Right. So, but here's, here's where the disconnect happens. Like your, your brain also doesn't think like it doesn't have as part of this primitive natural instinct to say, Oh, but they got really good doctors now and these right. guys have been to med school and they have really good tools and really good fixes. And there's a 99% chance that it's fixed or back to almost normal or better or whatever. Like it can only factor in your brain. And you can tell me if you agree with this, I don't know, but your brain sort of on this defensive part, it can only factor in, the immediacy right it doesn't have a concept of i mean it is again your relative reality it doesn't have a thirty thousand foot view of but in 12 weeks but our sensory amazing. cortex does so like you know the, we're you we were kind of discussing this earlier that you know yeah. you have you know when you encounter a um sensation you know of say the feeling of danger or unsettledness that you can immediately, you know, have a reaction through the amygdala and then having an emotional response. But we also are simultaneously having a, a reaction through the sensory cortex, which is where our consciousness comes in and our, um, so when our logic, um, you know, kicks in as well. And we can start to process with consciousness that, yes, you know, this, this doctor, you know, seems, you know, like he's completely competent and, oh, it's, you know, it's not a big deal. It's, you know, it's an hour in surgery and, you know, here's what we're going to do for recovery. It's, you know, kind of laid out like it's, mm -hmm. you know, so there's a, a seems to be a, a, a smart plan. No one is, um, reacting in a panicked way. <laughs> so there's a, a calming effect there as well. You're literally talking about two, like it's two physical locations in your brain. Yes. Right. And they are at war. This is, this is the crucial thing to understand that you're, you have to fight yourself for this. That there's there is work that goes into becoming aware of this primitive primal nature. Right. This is this is hard, hard. 
Yeah. This is the concept. You can grasp the the work is tremendously hard. Well, I think, you know, I think it's accessible. That's, you know, what's uh, hopeful for me is I feel mm -hmm. like there is a real chance for some, you know, some calm abiding within this that, you know, I can apply context and understand, okay, that's, it's going to be okay. Or the chances are <laughs> it's going to be okay. Yeah. And then I can find some, you know, some settledness in that. And an hour from now, I may go, oh, I'm not okay again. <laughs> <laughs> and lather, yeah. rinse, and repeat. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what I mean by hard. I don't mean by hard like impossible. What I mean by hard is uh, it's hard. Here's what's hard. It's hard because the battle is constant. Uh, you need to practice a lot and consistently. Yes. This is a part of it. Uh, it's hard because there are going to be many times when it's easier to go back to your old habit of mm -hmm. eating or <laughs> driving to your, you know, spending time with your significant other or watching a movie or working or whatever it is that you do to distract yourself. It is hard in the sense that you can sit and not get a lot out of it sometimes. Um, you know, sitting still and daydreaming or napping. What's the, what's the sleepitation? Sleepitation, right? yes. not meditation. It's sleepitation. Right. Like, you know, it's hard in that sense. It's hard in that you have to be consistent. It's hard in that your own brain can actively work against you. Right. It's, and it's hard that you, you must, to whatever degree, maintain some intent and some focus in order to get your awareness, in order to wake up. And right. so, yeah, hard not like, hey, here's a hammer from Home Depot and a box of nails, we'd appreciate that you build a skyscraper. <laughs> like, not that style of hard. Uh, achievable, but work and effort, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a one and done. It's... No, it's constant. It's continual accessibility, mm -hmm. continual awareness that you know you're you're placing on this situation and i will also admit that i've had a couple very skillful um bowls of ice cream as a distraction yeah <laughs> don't eat your don't eat your feelings don't eat I, your feelings people I, it's not healthy i do it I, I do it i do it and i don't like it but i do it it happens I was literally eating it and saying to Darren, I'm having a big bowl of fear and awareness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it was and delicious. It <laughs> it tastes like, tastes like heaven. That's right. It's uh tastes like it. What flavor are you having? Enlightenment flavor. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and that's it, you know, and, and, and like now we laugh about it because it's funny and that's the and that's the way 
if you can manage it to be about it. You know, laugh at yourself, laugh with yourself. Uh, Put a little humor in it that there's, you know, this is just, this is how the body works. It's how the brain works. And it's, it's just a thing. It's just a thing. And, you know, there are a lot more, um, you know, serious issues that we encounter, you know, more than, you know, more than my little arm surgery. You know, there's bigger things in our, in our experience that show up and it's not always going to be funny or we're not always going to find the immediate humor in it, but we can always find a truth in it by really taking the time to breathe into it and see what, what grief is about for one, you know, I, I've had a lot of conversations with, with folks over grief. And one thing that I know for sure is that part of grief is the unconscious discomfort with your own demise. So when someone close to you has transitioned, whatever lovely word you want to use for dying, um, passed from there. They have passed from this world, whatever, whatever it is, that we feel grief and we feel sadness. But part of that is also the, because it came so close to us that this is now an example because someone that we loved and cared about and was a good person and did everything right still died. So there's this well, sneak and, attack yeah. <laughs> of, oh no sure of yeah. personal grief that is occurring that when you're when you're in the throes of grief you should recognize your own reactions to not just the loss but what it's what it's saying to you i yeah and of course to tie it together right like you bring that up because that's part of your experience with your arm which is the threat to your body and And then i'm probably going to die under the knife yeah that's right yeah (laughs) that's right you're finished right so right yeah um i'll be the i'll be the exception to the rule (laughs) exception or exception (laughs) (laughs) well yeah yeah As you're giving my eulogy next week, you can play this sure. and, and go. Yeah. He thought it was really funny, and then he died. Yeah. Yeah. That might be dangerous. While I have done some public speaking and even done a few funerals, um, there might be some pictures you might not exactly want. Who knows? I'm just saying. I am certain that there are all kinds of pictures of me that, that I do not want to surface. <laughs> There's, I mean, you have to have the fun. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting that you bring this up, though. Out of, and, and I didn't mention this yesterday uh, or the other day when we were doing our our small group our sangha, but uh, several days ago, I had the most tremendous and shocking experience uh, out of the blue. No, no trigger, no discernible event happened in my little daily life. Sitting still, 
um, I was very shortly into my practice. It was in the evening and I, I absolutely just burst into tears and sobbing and top of mind was my, my natural dad passing away. And he died in 2004. This has been some years ago. Uh, I hadn't seen him, even though I was living in the same area. I had not seen him uh, for about, what was it, 12 or 13 years. Wow. And there there was there was no hard feelings that well there was confused feelings for me but nothing no no dislike or hatred or anything like that there wasn't some estrangement it was an estrangement based on his mental health Mm. uh he was schizophrenic and long before they had any viable treatments it's anyway i don't mean to go down the rabbit hole on that there's certainly reasons that it was really really hard for me to have a relationship with them my age maturity all these things sure but it hit me like a freight train. And the, the very next thing that came into my head was, what have I done with my life? Mm. He, his, really was taken away from him with mental illness. And he lived most of his life with mental illness. And that is not a life where you can make much progress on anything it's torturous. And then I thought, what, what did I exactly do in my thirties? Like, where did that go? And now I'm coming up on 50. Where did my forties go? What are you doing? What have you done? What is the time that you have wasted? What is this thing? And I, I, it's a grief, man. It's fear. It's fear of the end. Sickness, old age, and death. Mm-hmm. Sickness, old age, and death. And we, just... we can think that we have transcended that, you know, because we're calm and, you know, we're calming to other people. And at the, you know, at the core of our existence is a fear of the loss of our existence. It is, boy, that, that, that was a really powerful moment for me. Still is, although I'm not living in it. And that, that at 47 years old, having done many challenging things in my life, just ask me, uh, that was the, the very first moment that I became aware of the, that I had those feelings. I knew that I had some regret. I knew that I wish things had been different, but that wasn't real. What I experienced the other night was the first time in all these years that I felt it was, it was real. I actually was aware of my feeling and powerful. That's a, that, that's a, on a, on a scale for me is, is another game changer. For sure. It's odd. 
timing and maybe mm-hmm. we've we've talked about your arm and gone through that analysis privately in our sangha we've gone through that enough that i i have no doubt that i've processed that and and it's you know that it's become a teaching for me and so i've been processing that uh but so it might not be quite as coincidental as i might think but it it, it it's real uh the 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 fear of this body ending is is real for sure for sure yeah. or it being painful or it being in discomfort or it not working right like i i will say that you know part of what's helped me to come to an agreement with myself that this surgery is a good idea is that if i don't i'll have 30% less strength and i'm experiencing that now in my dominant arm and you know it's it's a little humbling it's a little um odd feeling you know i'm a pretty strong guy like i you know i i just lift things and when i can't lift things and i have to tell my husband hey can you pick this up and put it in the car it's it's something that i have not experienced before you know i there's a you know supination so the turning i can't actually i can't open a can of anything i have to start it and then switch hands so i don't know how left-handed people open cans and i'm sorry for the left-handers <laughs> because you can't open a can <laughs> i'm sure there's left-handed stuff out there but i'm not used to it and i don't own it and i'm you know, super uncomfortable with the idea that I'm going to have, you know, a limitation, you know, as I get older and I'm, you know, what am I, how old am I? 52. 22. I I always say 25 plus shipping and handling. (laughs) And every year it gets way more expensive to ship and handle this. (laughs) That's in, I'm 25 in Buddhist years. Just like the Dalai Lama is like a thousand and twenty, and right. he looks like he's seventy-two, you know, right. or fifty-two. Ten thousand kalpas long. Right, <laughs> right. It's a big topic, and the answer is work. The answer is awareness. Uh, getting there is different for every person, every problem, no doubt. You have to find your own way. Buddha also said that. So, for sure, for yeah. sure. It's important to remind ourselves that the bulk of our practice is in reconditioning ourselves. Once there's been a response that we can engage with, that response is to intervene with wisdom and compassion. Continually working toward enlightened action with the superpower of awakened awareness takes patience and perseverance and daily practice on and off the cushion. Lather, rinse, and repeat as many times as needed. Thanks to all our listeners from all over the globe. And the big special shout out to Australia. We can't believe that we're seeing so many Australians picking up our podcast. So hey guys on the other side of the earth (laughs) and thanks to dan for always walking this path with me and putting up with all my (laughs) 
<laughs> my strange humor. Paolo, thanks a million, as always, for this. And folks, remember, meditate as fast as you can. Bye now. <laughs>